Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, or whatever, wherever you're at in the world. The, this evening's Dharma talk is titled, but I like to go in that direction of identity. So there's something that we know, we know this, we know it's dark out, we know it's light out, we know it's time to have lunch, or it's time for this and time for this, time for that. So we know this, we know all kinds of things, but rarely do we actually uh, question who know who knows it who who actually sees knows is there a, is there someone it's interesting because since there is not we can just let you know that you won't find anyone so good luck on that get back with me if you find somebody I'd like to meet them very interesting thing that the knowing part is powerful it's so powerful we know this, we know it's the sun's out, we know it's uh, what weather, what the weather is, we could guess it's the temperature. We, have all, we collect all kinds of information. We have a, a tremendous storehouse of knowledge about, 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 about. But uh, the basic uh, question there, who, who, who knows, that we, we just uh, compute, uh, not compute, but um, clamp down on, I would say, uh, an identity that's just, well, I'm the one who knows. I, I know this, I know that. We use the personal pronoun over pronoun over and over again, if not to others in our conversations, but to ourselves. How I'm feeling, how I'm doing, but all of this. And we, we reconstruct or re, reinforce that self-situation so that by doing that, we don't have to really look closely at what it is that's arising. So the question seems to be uh, one of identity, one of uh, being able to see clearly that if you look for someone, you're not going to find anyone. And that not finding tends to cause us to look again, uh, maybe a little bit more, but not a lot. Usually it's just too easy. It's too handy to just reach off to one side and pick up what the thinking process and think about it. Uh, return to concepts about that identity. I'm here. I'm the one who's feeling this. Who am I? What am I? What is, who is this that sees this? Well, I'm the one who sees it. It's like, it's so obvious. I'm the one who sees the building. I'm the one that sees the person, the people. I'm the one who's tasting the food. Me, 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 me. I'm the one who's in pain. I'm the one who's suffering. We reinforce that over and over again. And this training process called that I call or we call and is called Shikin Taza is to uh, come down, uh, have a a radical, radical way of working with the consciousness, and that that radical or that going to the root of it, uh, it's impossible to go completely to the root of it. But if we go that direction, we'll get in a a very uh, minimalist area where there's not too much happening other than the grasping, the rejecting. And the shutting down, the very, very bare minimum of energy that is either pushing, pulling, aggression, or passion, or grasping, or craving, or wanting, and uh, distracting ourselves or shutting down into a daydream about it, perhaps. So as I was saying before, the interesting thing about it is the very, the very not finding feeling uh, causes, if you happen to run into that, instead of immediately leaping out of that and going into, well, I'm, I'm so obvious. Why would, I, why would I look at nothing? Why would I go that direction and try to find some radical form of identity when, when I have me? 
I'm the one who, I'm, I feel like this. We do this constantly. I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm just, I don't have any other model other than what I've been doing and what I understand is happening with others when I uh, talk to them about this kind of dilemma. It's very, very convincing that there's someone who, you have a strong feeling. It's very, very difficult to think your way into some kind of idea of, I think there's not a self and I think there's feeling, so therefore I'm just going to emphasize the feeling. Seems to be necessary to not particularly do it with thinking process, but do it, do it with the awareness. And how do we do that? Watch the movement. Watch what you think, what you assume, what appears like movement. It looks like it's going from here to there. It looks like it's showing up and going away. Look closely. And I'm not suggesting something otherwise than that, but I would say look closely at that area. When we watch something move or something come towards us or go away from us, we get more than what we want. Uh, we get we get uh, um, perhaps less of what we don't want, or all the other variations on that on that wanting and not wanting and manipulating, controlling, getting our way, not getting our way. I've been really mistreated. I've been treated great. And I get, I'm finally getting the respect I deserve. All of those situations may put us in an area where we feel like we're more in control or we're more in control of ourselves or possibly we get our feeling of control by controlling someone else sometimes called a marriage pardon my humor i get to speak about it that way because i've probably been married more than anybody here quite a training ground so who knows and who actually knows uh anything to actually look at the knowing part, we get drawn into that because there is a presumption or preconception, of course, it's, it's me, I'm, I'm the one. But rarely do we ever go into what is the observing part of the knowing part? What is that dynamic, that part of the polarity that it tends to get uh, absorbed into what is being known at, with some kind of a, just take for granted there's someone knowing, I know something, so there must be somebody knowing that, but to, but to turn that around, which you can do through the sitting practice of meditation, through shikantaza, through a very simple awareness practice, a very simple observation, just observe, just receive, whatever's showing up, just receive that. And over time, and there's no guarantee of this, so it's not something you can particularly look for as a credential. It won't show up as a credential. Uh, I would say it this way, if it shows up at all as some kind of appearance, It'll just be the truth and you will not be separate from it. So it isn't something that you know something else about. It's something you could say you've always known this. That's why it's called awakening. Excuse me. You've always been uh, laying in the, well, you could say the cage of your reflections or, or the bed of your delusions. You, you wake up, you awaken. You, you may tell someone about it. You may not. If you start telling people about it, then uh, it's sounding kind of suspicious. You may have to begin to see this, and you may uh, see this for years before you actually mention or even feel like you're in a position to do any teaching uh, from that kind of an understanding. Or it may not just show up as suddenly you and the Dalai Lama are homies. Was that sarcastic? 
So going back to the title of the talk, which is meant to bring, uh, give me something to talk about. Who, who is there? There isn't anyone, just a knowing. What, no, what does know? Knowing knows. That's not very helpful. How can knowing know? Well, knowing knows because uh, there's no solid identity. The identity is there, but it's makeshift. It's unreal and it's dependently arisen. And it is completely encumbered by the thought processes of right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, should be, shouldn't be. And not to mention all of the, the pilot fish we call emotions that are stuck to everything. Some people have less of those. Some people aren't quite so emotional and they get trapped in their amazing ability to think clearly. They think. If you think you think clearly, then it's exactly what that is. That's thinking you think clearly. If you're actually thinking clearly, you won't know it. Because the kind of clarity I'm talking about is without a self. I'm not saying it's something like that wouldn't show up, but it's, it's just part of the dependent origination. It's almost like your, uh, your twin, your twin uh, sister is standing next to you. Just kind of a crude metaphor for otherness. You could help me with some questions if you have them. Joshu. Question on YouTube from Shoshi. Two questions, actually. He says, the Zendo looks like it's undergoing some transformation. It looks great. What is happening? It's the same as it's always been, isn't it? Are we in the Zendo? Yes, it's going through transformation. The, the Buddha, we sold the Buddha. We're running out of money. <laughs> so we sold the Buddha, and and, uh, and uh, Rumi bought it. <laughs> now Rumi's sitting in his lap. So, yes, we, uh, as you know, Shoshi, the last time you were here, the walls were getting quite dirty and gray looking. So we, we just recently had uh, our painting person uh, come in and, and repaint. And so this is a temporary until uh, the altar is being painted also, uh, the incense table, the offering table, and the, the main altar that the Buddha normally sits on. So, so yes, that is happening. Yes. His next question, does knowing arise with that which is arising? It's simply, knowing arises uh, with, yeah, it's dependently arisen. It's dependent on whatever arises, so we know it. We also might know that we don't know what that is, another kind of knowing. But there's always some kind of a knowing which tends to uh, be, um, gets complicated by someone who knows, because usually there's someone who wants what's arising, an, uh, a wanter, and somebody who doesn't want what's arising, uh, the one who, who objects or doesn't want that. And then there's the one who just disregards it or looks away or, or, or something about it is inconvenient or, or not supportive to one's uh, basic uh, agenda. And so then you might just distract yourself, uh, which is a deliberate way of ignoring, or you just might fundamentally ignore. Um, I don't know if I, Shoshi, I don't know if I responded to your question in a way that's helpful. So if you have more. I'm just wondering how, uh, what's the answer to who knows? My way of saying it, and it's, I don't know how helpful it is, but it would help if you contemplate it, you can see that there's no separation there. The, what is being known and that which is knowing are the same thing. They're not two, they're just, it just looks that way. And this is why it's called a, an illusion or a delusion, because it looks like there's a separation. And there is relatively a separation, but ultimately it's just the knowing that knows. So it's just a, it's just like, uh, what does wisdom see? Wisdom just sees wisdom. 
But if you look at the parts of it, you can say that there's this part of wisdom and there's that part. Um, there's all the the people and the trees and yeah. You, you just said um, it, if you were to contemplate that, the question who knows? Well, how does the practice of contemplation uh, look? It, it, the practice of contemplation in that area would be no maintenance. So uh, use the concepts of, uh, of that, however it shows up for you, which would be knowing, knowing, you know, so just stay with the knowing. And so, okay, so you know what this is? Say it, say it. No, that's ignorance. You know what it is. Project something on it. You project its name. You project maybe where it came from. You project who's holding it. You project everything. You project all of that. But if you if you said no, then I would say that's that's uh, that's uh, knowing knowing that is seeing that that knowing that is seeing the knowing. There's no knower. Yes. So what, when is the time to practice contemplation, or how? I guess that's a little bit of a new thing for me. How would you go about practicing contemplation? You could do it just. Exactly like you're saying. Sometimes I have people deliberately, uh, if they're dealing with a particular kind of anxiety or difficulty, I have uh, people that might have even had you done that in the past, write down something on a, on a, on an index card and put it beside you and sit for an hour, sit for two hours, and then pick up that uh, anxiety or jealousy with words on it. It could be any, it could be a picture of something. It could be something that just triggers that area and then just flash on that. And then what comes up with that is what you would, that would be contemplating that. This is my way of talking about it. There's other ways of contemplating that are, that I don't necessarily, I'm not, not saying I disagree with it, but I don't teach it. Go ahead. Another question from Shoshi. Shoshi. Is there a universal texture to knowing? Well, it's kind of a fancy question, so I have to give you a, a fancy answer. Yes. Well, I mean, it's Shoshi. What else am I going to say? I don't want to say something where you can come back and argue with me. You can ask another question, Shoshi. Is texture um, still relating to ignorance? It is, but there's more of an awareness that you're actually uh, you're you're functioning with a radical a, a radical kind of uh, meditation contemplation or looking a, a radical form of it because you're if you're in the texture of something you, you uh, something it might have a little bit of a word like smooth or rough or something like that or or uh, uh, or soft or something very simple dynamic but the but the word of what it is like uh, carpeting or uh, a shag rug. Be kind of use a silly example that that won't be there you won't know what it is you won't you won't have an identity part but you will have a, a quality part so you're you're leaving the shoji screen that i'm looking at here off one side and you're going into the texture of it you're going into the contrast so you're looking at the contrast so you're taking a phenomena whatever it may be and as it arises you're you're looking at it but you're not abandoning that for your ideas about it you're not abandoning what arising for your name or what it's called, a shoji screen. 
because you're, even though you're still looking at it, you're actually not seeing it any longer. You're seeing what you've just named it. You might even be comparing it to other shoji screens or noticing that this shoji screen is dusting. It's not actually. I just said that. But you, you, you'll you add on or subtract or you'll, and that's more likely to happen as soon as you leave the textural area and go into the, the nomenclature of something or the, the ideas about it. Then, then it's just like there's just magnets everywhere pulling you this, pulling this way. And this is why the thinking process gets so involved as soon as you go into uh, an identity of I, I'm the one who's having this feeling rather than the texture of the feeling. So I say, I sometimes have said, maybe I'll, I should say it now. Uh, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't care how you feel. And I'm asking you to not do that either. I don't mean look away from the feelings and I'm not being trying to be unkind or mean or unfriendly, but I'm saying you, you're not going to be able to work with this if you continually to, to continue to believe that you're having the feeling uh, positive, negative, neutral, that, that you're the one who's having that. Because you've already, as soon as you go into a self that has having that, you're, you're just reinforcing uh, delusion or duality. So that doesn't mean go in and rub your nose in it either, which is somewhat what ancient macho traditions think that, you know, we need to take out sticks and threaten people so they'll feel their suffering as has been done in some cultures and some teachings. In other words, overdoing the, the stress, overdoing it. That's why I, when I teach block setting, I'm not saying, I say sit down and sit, sit there for four hours. But don't, don't turn into a, a top sergeant on yourself. Don't be mean to yourself. Don't be the, uh, the jiki jitsu as you would have in the Zen tradition, the guy walking around with a stick is going to hit people. Question, Chazen. I was just wondering about if there's um, different kinds of not knowing. Like if you, if I were to come back to the example of you holding up the kotsu, and if I had said I don't know, it feels like it could have been like more of a materialistic response, mm -hmm. um, more about me than not knowing. So I'm wondering could have been. If, if there's a not knowing that um, is not ignorance. So knowing, uh, the, the knowing that it's ignorance is knowing. It's just a, it, you only have two things, and that's an illusion. You only have two things to work, but you have to somehow narrow it down to me and my thoughts, or me and how I feel, or me and the kotsu. Get it, get it so that it's very, very simple, so that you there is a possibility that there that that which is uh, fabricated will begin to collapse. As Coben said when he uh, when he translates the Heart Sutra, instead of gone, 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 beyond, going completely beyond, awake, so be it, or gate, gate, par, gate, parasam, gate, bodhisattva, he says, falling apart, falling apart, falling apart, falling apart, nothing to do, everything all at once. So he's, he's just... In just in a few lines, he's described uh, awakening. The very the very structure we have of a me is is collapsed, and then depending on whether that's how that who that happens to or how that occurs, that that occurrence that is kind of a non-occurrence because it's it has always been that way. But one that sees that may may teach that they may not. They they wouldn't have nothing to do means that. There isn't anything to do. 
but if that person has been, as he was doing with them, was ordained as a monk by his father when he was a little boy, he's probably going to continue to teach. Didn't you? So she asks, what is that universal texture? It's just this. And any any texture will do. Every te texture is the same texture because it's no longer something else. It's always just this. It's a direct perception of what this is, who you are. It's everything all at once, like Coben says. Everything all at once. But this doesn't mean that you don't look at your watch. It doesn't mean that you, uh, you don't relate to time, but you don't relate to time in the, in the sense of, a panic about you have to do this or you only have so much the time to do to do this or I better hurry up and get this done because of this or that. It's very simple, very direct in there and there's no there's no question about it. There's no otherness to it. So it's like you've uh, you come home. There's nowhere else to go. There's nothing to do. It's falling apart. And then but that being the case since that since that uh, Consciousness is no longer shut down with walls of the mind. It's completely porous. So everything that comes within the milieu of that particular consciousness, uh, it's reflected. It's not something you can figure out. You can't figure out. Even if, if this uh, if this awakening, uh, this so-called non-occurrence happens to you, you won't be able to figure it out. And when you are asked about it, you'll do what's just like what's happening here. You'll talk about it, but you're not really sure of what you're saying, and you don't mind. Because you're actually hearing, you're hearing at the same time the questioner is hearing it, and you're 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 giving that person exactly the answer they need. Chazan asks me the Shoshi's question, or Shoshi asks me a Chazan's question. They're not the same, except they're identical, but they're not different. Of course, they're identical. They're both questions, but they're not different in that. Well, I kind of lost track of what I was saying. Yes. Shoshi asks, can there be texture without differentiation? That's the only way there can be texture. If there's differentiation, then there's a personality in the texture, which means it's a rough or smoother. And that's a, that's still provisional. We're trying to get to the fundamental understanding. And so you may have stair steps. You may have a pathway. You may have an area where the weeds are more separated. You may have an area going into the forest where there's not exactly a path, but there's more openness there. Maybe a couple of deer went through there. It's that kind of a feeling of openness that is uh, that, that there's no guarantee. Questions from someone uh, who has uh, a question? Sanho Bowen. Sanho, you have a question? I do. I made myself perfectly clear. Why would you have a question? <laughs> well, unfortunately, I'm too dumb, so Sanho. <laughs> Well, that we we're on the same frequency. So let me have it. Excellent. <laughs> All right, my two. I have a question and a half for you. The yeah. first is, when you said wisdom only sees wisdom, what are we seeing when it appears not to be wisdom? And also, is there anything that isn't wisdom? Uh, fundamentally, there isn't anything that isn't wisdom. But being in this particular situation, we call samsara or the the, the realm of desire, differentiation and desire. Anything we look at, we differentiate. We leave it, or we differentiate, we grasp it, or we shut down. And we want it to go away. We want more of it, we want less. So we're, we always have a positionality on it. So 
that's the way that that shows up. But when we see what it fundamentally is, well, it isn't like we're dismissive. You know, I don't care about that anymore. People quite often do that. They want to appear like they're not attached, but they don't uh, care. So they'll pronounce how much they don't care. What well, I don't care what people think of me. I just do what I want to do. Kind of a interesting how people will do that. Further, further question, or did I, did I miss what you were inquiring about, Sano? The other part of the question is, what are we seeing when we think it's not wisdom? You're seeing wisdom. You're seeing wisdom. You're always seeing wisdom. I say this over and over again. Thank you for asking me that, because that gives me the opportunity to say, what you're looking at is what you're looking for. It's just that we cover it up. It's just like you're looking at a pot of gold and you've got uh, uh, rotting plantains covering it. You know what plantains are? They're oblong apples. <laughs> we do. We're, we, we cover up the very, very incredible jewel, Buddha in the palm of your hand, the, the jewel in the rubbish heap. This is why these metaphors are used long before I got here. Is because the very negativity that we're trying to get away from is the Buddha. That's why that's why our practice is just kind of a practice, Shikantaza, training the mind to see deeply into whatever is arising, moving, coming, and going. This is why this kind of a practice is is how this you can do this. You can actually awaken before your body mind goes back into the elements. You can see who you are. So you are fearless. You're not threatened by anything. The, whole idea of impermanence is a complete illusion. The whole idea of permanence is complete illusion. There isn't anything that isn't illusory if it's other. So, but there's no otherness left. So, Maria Bowen. Maria. What is the difference between seeing and knowing? Um, it's similar. Seeing, knowing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking. All of those senses that all separate out into their favorite objects, uh, those all uh, that all collapses. Quite often, someone is involved in the arts, whether it be music or painting or poetry or anything. Quite because they get so involved in that, they they they, they actually have a, an understanding that begins to transcend the very material they're working with. But it's not necessarily awakening. It's just working with something so directly where you're starting to lose track, lose track, lose track of the track of what you're up with. Maria Bowling, is seeing as witnessing in the same category? No. So witnessing uh, has more of a materialistic uh, position. You're, you're watching things, you're, you're, you're witnessing thoughts come and go and come and go. And uh, you're witnessing the various movement and so on. So there's a kind of a witnessing an aspect of consciousness that, that shows up as somebody until that's seen through. But you, you can't just, uh, it doesn't seem like it's possible, and I, I don't know, maybe it is, but to actually turn that witnessing away from the objects that are rising, either in the, either in the mind stream or in the world or in the, the hear, sense of hearing, sense of seeing, sense of smelling, tasting, touching, thinking, to turn that around and look for the witness. That's, it seems difficult to do that. But that being said, if you look at what is moving enough without adding to it, subtracting from it, or just doing anything with it, no, no meddling at all, just, and if you do that, you'll notice that it never, it never stays the same. It starts to change. It starts to magnetize you into it. The very nature of 
the human realm is the, uh, that looks pretty tasty over there. You know, check that out. Or that looks horrid going the other way. So there's a very magnetic pushing and pulling uh, situation that happens. So that seeing, it's relative. There is a seeing, to use the eyesight, uh, which could be through hearing, could be through thinking, could be through any of the sense fields. Uh, some kind of a, of a knowing uh, that something is not separate. So if uh, if one uh, is very auditory, that might just be that might be the area that they're receiving that in. I'm not saying it can't happen in the other senses. They're they're so much more intimate. The ones that are that uh, the thinking process can be intimate or can be a, a so-called objective, whereas seeing is pretty much always out there. Unless it's in your uh, mind stream as a dream or imaginary, imaginary uh, motion there. And then hearing also, it has an exterior kind of, it's off in the distance, or it has a different kind of a cadence or rhythm or uh, structure to it. And sometimes that can look like it's out there, out there, and then you realize that you, you are not, you are that. What, everything, everything you're listening to is what you are. Quite a shock to the witnessing aspect of the mind to find that it's to discover that it's not something else. Goes on, Bowen. Goes on. The, um, when you were responding to Chiazan's question, I think you described the knowing that isn't knowing. Is that different than what's being pointed out by perception only? That perception only is path. Perception only is a way to encourage uh, individuals who are practicing to to uh, uh, slow down on that that emphasizing that the one who's perceiving and what's being perceived. Say perception only. My way of sometimes saying it, it's like the perceiver and what is being perceived collapse into just the perception. Just a way of talking about it. It's not even that. That's too much. But we need something. It's like you. you you need a cushion to meditate on. You need a wall to look at or a tree stump. You need, we need some kind of uh, structure. We need a form. We have a strike the bell, sit down. That's why I say in block sitting, I say, create your own form. Uh, you can do this. Not easy. But the perceiver and that which is perceived, that's just a way. That's the yoga, Yogacara teaching, of course. Everything is perception only. It's a way to continue to use concepts to talk about it in a way that doesn't really support an object and doesn't really support an observer of the object. But yet it doesn't completely do away with it either by, because it's saying just perception, just the perception. You can test this out. You want to you wanna, wanna test it out? Yes or no? Raise your hands. Okay. So here, uh, let's do it this way. Okay, I'm gonna count to three, and then I'm gonna name something. And then I want you to see that in your so-called mind's eye. Uh, and when you see that, that which is showing up there and that which is perceiving that are not two different things. So here we go, one, two, what was I gonna say? One, two, two eggplants on a table. Everybody see that? Anybody that doesn't see that in their mind's eye? 
somewhat, or, or some even it might even be a conceptual idea of it that might not have visual elements to it. And then the next thing I'll say is, what color was the table? And it probably had some kind of a, if it's on a table, it has some kind of quality to it. The eggplants, of course, the eggplants I've looked at are purple. Yeah, eggplants are purple, the green leaves. So that color, the reason I'm pointing out, asking about the color of the table, is that happened spontaneously. Uh, even though the eggplant was probably remembered from how eggplants look, look but then you created that tabletop, the texture of it. Maybe it was a square table, maybe it was oblong, maybe it was a uh, French Renaissance. I mean, it's hard to say what whatever was happening there, but it's, it happened spontaneously. Not that it didn't come out of your memory banks from uh, some other time, but that that creation is, is spontaneous, and that that is a, a way to experience uh, the what is being perceived and the so-called identity that is perceiving it is being separating a little bit, but not very much, just enough to have what an experience. And you'll notice that now that that experience is there, it will never go away. You know, here I've just been meddled with your mind. I came in and said a couple words and. And then we we communicated, we cooperated, we collaborated, and we commiserated. And now you have eggplants. I'm just I'm just saying it's just a way of talking about it. Maybe that is helpful to you. Maybe it just seems uh, inane. Kozan, was that complete enough for you? Do you have a follow up? Well, I know that was a helpful exercise, but I have a question of that. Why so, eggplants? Not about eggplants. Um, but seeing the eggplants and the scenery, um, it's not like we couldn't, you know, in the anticipation of one, two, three, I wonder what he's going to say. I mean, we couldn't have developed, we couldn't have seen that without your saying that. So how come when we're sitting, it's not helpful to have a guided meditation to help us see no self? It may be. I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with it, but I just don't teach it. I would rather have you be a little bit lost in space as a student of mine rather than have a guided meditation. I've done lots and lots and lots and lots of guided meditations. Not necessary. I mean, you don't have to take my word for it. I don't want you to do that. But if I'm functioning as your teacher, you could give me the benefit of the doubt. But there's a whole, whole Tibetan tradition is full of guided meditations. In the, in the 12th century, they didn't want you to do anything on your own. You had to do everything the teacher said. I think it worked in that, in that time. I think that was probably a good way to practice. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do it right now. There are people doing this right now. There's no way I would argue with Dalai Lama or His Holiness Karmapa at all. I would say that anything they're doing is wrong. I'm just saying I don't teach it. I would rather have you awaken to what this is right now. Did you? With the eggplant exercise, I think you said um, whatever we're seeing and what's perceiving that are not separate. Is that similar with the consciousness work? Yes. 
it seems like we're setting up in that situation. We're setting up more of a polarity. Yeah, where we're trying to find something else. It's deliberate. If you're if you're looking for something else, then and, and you buy into something, nothing is separate. You won't go anywhere. I follow what you're saying. It's a good question. But elaborate on it. Let's go. If you want to go in there, then, then come and get me. I'll go with you. How can we see that what we create in that situation is, is not something else? Okay, so it's both something else and it's also not something else. Go not to. And the, as long as there's confusion, whether it's in in uh, in the, human, the realm of desire, or the realm of human beings, uh, or in the in the realm of uh, uh, hungry ghosts or titans or hell beings or whatever, and no matter whether it's in uh, in, uh, in the sixth area of the six realms in our physical situation as as the human realm showing up in the human realm. Um, it's still, it's still not too. So you, but you, in order to work with it, you have to work with it with a relative aspect. Just like I could say to you, uh, this is uh, uh, what you're looking for. You're looking at, and you would say, "Oh, I guess I am." What was I so worried about? But no, we need to set up. We need to have a structure. We need to have a form. We, we not only need to have a form, we have to protect that form because the world of cause and effect that so much believes in right and so much believes in wrong and believes in success and in failure and in life and in death is looking to control you because you, if you're doing something outside of that, you're a threat. This is why spiritual paths need protection and why someone who is teaching, even though they might realize no self, if they're not doing it with a form, then their teaching will, will die out, which maybe it should needs to have a structure more this doesn't mean that what you're feeling isn't doesn't feel vivid and and uh real and challenging and painful or whatever like it's just like a nightmare it's we wake up and it's unreal but at the time it was like scary painful or whatever it's relatively and the relativity there is real but the actuality of it it's uh it's illusory. It's a dream. More. It's good. Good direction to go. If you want to go? I'm having a good time. You said we need to work with it as if it's something else. Um, yes. As, we, yeah. Go ahead. Do we work with our emotions in the same way? Yes. But it takes a while to be more and more, um, what's the word, um, more immediate with it rather than leave the emotion for what the emotion is about. Or leave the emotion, leave the feeling for who's causing it or what's causing it. We, we say it all the time and we don't give, it, we don't give our, our, uh, our awareness a chance. As soon as we have any kind of a feeling, we abandon it for why is this happening? And it's not that that isn't relatively correct, but ultimately it's uh, it's uh, circular and it's a, uh, what do they call it, goose chase. 
So we would, we might, one time we might work with it one, one way, another time we might work with it another way. It would depend on, it would be situational. How do we work with an emotion as something else without leaving it for why it's happening? Just notice that you do that. It's an awareness practice, not a conclusion practice. It's an awareness practice, not a getting rid of something practice. Of course, we can go the other way and try to torture ourselves like uh, like uh, the, the Japanese in the 13th century. We use these sticks to make each other a very macho situation. Would make people sit there because they knew that if they sat there, some people might have had an experience that, well, I just, I just did it anyway. And then they might think because of what they did, be, that maybe I should make other people do this. And and my understanding is some people may need to do that. Other people may not. But to try to tell a person uh, what they should or shouldn't do is, it's just not, it's not respectful to people's karma. There's no way I, as a Dharma teacher, can sit over here and know what you should be doing. If you come to me and say, I'm going to go another direction, I'm going to do something else. Or I'm not going to, uh, uh, I'm not going to sit uh, six and a half hours a day like you recommend. I'm going to go get a job and do that for a while. I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you. Now, if you brought it to me and say, should I do this or that? I said, I think you better off to stay here. But if you said, I need to do this or that, that um, I have to be respectful of what's happening with you in your life as much as I would like to see, as I've said before, somewhat humorously, but also seriously, if I had my way about it, this would, the whole world would be a monastery and everybody would meditate a lot. Everybody would be monks. And d dedicate your life. There's no reason you can't have a garden. There's no re reason you can't have a Ferris wheel or a, or a uh, antique collection. No reason you can't do a lot of other things, but training a mind just seems to be very important. So, of course, I'm not going to get my way. But it's just like it would be great if people would train their minds. We have so many incredibly intelligent people in so many different ways, but no mind training. So therefore they believe their thoughts and ideas and they believe that they're right. With the eggplant exercise, it seems like we didn't have a say-so. Um, yeah, you did. You got to decide what color the table was. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you didn't. Is is everything controlling us to some degree? <laughs> it's even worse. No one's controlling us. There is no authority. When Coben said uh, years ago, get your own authority, he knew what you were going to find. There isn't any authority. There is no no one at the helm. It is that amazing. I'm not saying I can't reach my coffee or not reach my coffee, reach for the kotsu, hold on to it or put it back. So there's the control is uh, small movements. There is the appearance of control because there are eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, mind. There's there's a, a limited area there physically. And that gives us the illusion that, well, if we can do this, maybe we can do a lot of other things. Well, just try to control your thinking. As they say, what was the old thing they used to say? Try to don't think of a white elephant or something like that. And how do you do that? Think of a pink one. 
so it's a, a being a, making making a joke. But the whole idea of control, you could look at that whole idea of control and authority and see that the people who are who are creating uh, problems are the ones who are trying to get control of things, rather than than those who understand the very nature of causes and conditions, the nature of karma, rather than thinking there's such a thing as right and wrong or up and down. It's not that there isn't painful and pleasurable. And it's not that there isn't something that would could show up as wrong because they're someone's torturing people and good because someone over here is uh, feeding the poor of course but they're still relative and because they're relative they'll flip question from hassan how do you spell the name h-a-s-s-a-n oh, okay Master Dogen says to sit without motivation to achieve anything. My motivation to sit is my true nature and nature of reality. Is that a bad idea or is that grasping? Then we get those two choices. Okay, I'll take one. I'll take one. That's all right. Uh, yes and no. I'll say basically no. It doesn't matter. As long as you see that it's grasping, it doesn't matter if you grasp. It's not about not grasping, even though we say, I say, and often people say, don't grasp, just don't grasp. But we can't help it. But if you if you take that approach, you'll find that your grasping slows down to a, is more minimal. So you can actually notice the amount that you grasp, the amount that you hook onto something. And besides, you know, Master Dogen wasn't right about everything. He's not here, so I can say what I want about Master Dogen. And we study him every Wednesday, by the way. So we don't ignore what Master Dogen says. We don't necessarily believe it. Melissa in Portland asks, does training our minds mean we won't have beliefs? Good one. Uh, not necessarily. It might you might see that your position on anything is, is about you're just believing it. So you're going to notice the belief or you're going to notice the disbelief. Uh, you don't really have, when I say don't believe, don't disbelieve, don't look away. I can't stop doing that. So, but I'm, I know that if I say that, you put some tension there, it brings your awareness to that just how much you're taking some things for granted that are kind of fishy. And But you could say over time uh, that, probably that, that whole idea of belief and disbelief would be very minimal and it would be operating in terms of your physical manifestation in a given so-called time and space. As an as an apparent individual, there'd still be some believing your cars in the parking lot, those kind of things. Uh, believing that, that uh, the person that, uh, that you see across the room that you recognize is, is that person. So simple kinds of uh, assumptions about things. When that starts to collapse and come apart, then uh, uh, either you could be uh, attaining Anutra Samyak Sambodhi, or you could be uh, insane and you might need to be taken care of. You might need to drink more water. Nice show, Bowen. Go ahead, nice show. When we live our dependent origination, does anything happen, Bowen? <laughs> um, I, things still happen. There's still a physical form that's coming and going. So things are, are happening, but uh, that, it's much simpler. And uh, 
and there's not much adding and subtracting going on, so not, not much elaboration. So we're just we're just no longer at war with anything. We're no longer in agreement with anything. We're no longer shutting down anything. And then the karma that showed up as your uh, that you came into this lifetime with uh, gets to actually burn itself out. But it has to burn itself out without being obstructed, without being promoted, and without with no interaction from the point of view of uh, wanting something else or wanting that, not wanting that, but wanting this. That being said, this doesn't mean that because of dependent origination and because the, the ego mind is dependently originated, but it is fueled by an addition of uh, hope and fear and so on uh, by wanting uh, the possibility of still having some other kind of option. So it could show up uh, several ways, but generally uh, I would say, Generalizing about it, I would say just a lot less. Things are just much less complicated. Nice Bowen. Yes. How does practicing help us allow our karma to fulfill itself? Um, we just stop meddling with it. We, we just stop trying to do something else with it or try to, uh, as sometimes it's said, li li uh, you need to live your dreams or something. That's a very samsaric statement. Not wrong. Some people, that's all they're going to be able to do is, is live in that way. And if you're asking me this question, you're ready to hear the, the answer. Not much. Which means that it doesn't mean that things won't be entertaining or enjoyable or even painful. It's just that it'd be a very simple, you could say minimalist uh situation is happening with your life. So you will meet, you'll be meeting things that arise in your own mind stream and whatever arises in your life as it is, as it is. It's an astonishing situation for consciousness to find itself. Up. Consciousness always finds its own form and that may, whether it's embodied or not. There's no concern about continuing to live. There's no concern about, about, uh, not continuing. There's no, there's no preference. When I say that, that doesn't mean you won't want cream in your coffee or that you won't, but those are very simple situations. More, more about that. Good direction to go. Can you ask more questions in that area? That's a hard area to teach in because it's, there's not, there's not many, uh, uh, it's like, it's like, um, what's that game you like to play? Huh? Yeah, it's like Scrabble with no alphabet. And so, Bowen, maybe no board. What? Um, what if my karma dictated that I should be a race car driver instead of practicing? That's it. Come and talk to me if that happens. <laughs> yeah, it, it could. Uh, it could, but it's, it's unlikely to happen as a kind of a dictated kind of thing. It, it would just be something you'd be drawn to. Uh, some people start doing some things real late in their life. You know, they, they weren't into, um, when I was very young, a good example I can use myself, when I was very young, when I was in high school, I, I remember people were studying languages, and I, I would say, why? I mean, it just was baffling to me why anybody would want to study Spanish or French. I mean, we already have a language. <laughs> so this is how I, I, of course, I was 14. And now I'm, or 
excited about those languages. They're very fascinating to me. So, but that kind of a thing. So that could happen that you, you know, it's unlikely, but it is possible that as you go along that some, some uh, area of your life might start to be more interesting. Just like, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, you certainly weren't interested in doing this. And here you are. Uh, you receive precepts and your life is uh, taking a different direction now. Don't you? Hassan asks, what is your opinion on guided sitting sessions? Um, I think my opinion isn't worth much on that. Um, I, I would say it's, it's situational, individual. If, if that's something that, Hassan, if that's something you're doing and it seems to be a good thing for you to do, then I, I wouldn't interfere with that at all. I, I do some guided meditation uh, when we do the open heart thing. Some some of that I talk to people about what's happening with their mind. So I might say in the middle of that short session, I might say, uh, watch what moves or uh, don't add, don't subtract, don't divide, don't do the math. You know, keep it simple. So a little bit of that. I think it's, it's good. The, the one that I emphasize is uh, Shikantaza, which sit down, hold still. All the senses are open and just watch what moves and do do long periods of that. Munya is closing her book, so she's not going to take any more notes, so nobody can say anything. She's not <laughs> taking any notes. Are we done? <laughs> dedicate the merit. We'll dedicate the merit, and then we'll do it. Uh, we have a lot of people in here tonight. There's six. So I was going to say seven, but that's the Buddha sitting. Okay. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The ten directions, the three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna, Paramita. Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokupoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with light. 